Welcome to ADHD SOS. We've heard your call, and don't worry, help is on the way. This is the only podcast that combines mindset skills, cognitive psychology, and the motivational pep talks you need to beat procrastination and achieve peak performance. Join me, your host and fellow ADHDer, Tina L., as we journey from SOS to smooth sailing. Welcome back, SOS Squad. Today, today we are talking about the toxic way that we ADHDers fuel our productivity and what to do instead. Now, think back to the last time you made yourself do something you didn't want to do. What was the tone of voice you used when you spoke to yourself? If you have ADHD, my hunch is that it might not have been very nice. (laughs) And sometimes, maybe most of the time, it's straight up cruel. If you're anything like an earlier version of myself, you depend on negative self-talk, negative emotions, and negative consequences to get yourself into action. And for many of us ADHDers, this is as close as we get to a strategy for motivation. Because the thing is, it works. Anxiety, anger, and shame can totally drive us to take the actions we want to take in the short term. Emphasis on short term. And that's the catch. These negative emotions are like fire. And in the long term, there's a huge consequence to playing with fire. Constant shame and blame can cause generalized anxiety disorder, clinical depression, burnout, and other serious effects on our health and well-being. I feel very qualified to talk about this because I have lived this to a T. I suffered a decade of panic attacks and spent several decades not being able to take a full and complete breath, which is a horrible symptom of anxiety called over-breathing. I have pushed myself beyond my limits and crashed and burned so many times, and this has resulted in extended illnesses. At the time, I thought I had no other choice. I thought I couldn't possibly get myself to do what I needed to do unless I threatened myself and created a churn of anxiety by thinking about all the bad things that could happen. All the while, I held my worthiness just out of reach. My worthiness was my carrot, my prize, the thing I would get one day, one day, when I had done enough. Meanwhile, shame and anxiety helped me get things done. But my feeling afterwards was something like, wow, I never, never want to do that again. And that is how I fell out of love with so many things. That's how I got whooping cough the last week of my senior year of college. That's how I developed adrenal fatigue after making a million dollars in my product business. This is how I ended up thinking that maybe I didn't really have any passions or interests at all. This is how I ended up wishing that I could just retire at 30 and live as a monk in northern Vietnam. All the while I thought, if I could only get this thing done, then I'll be okay. Then I'll be nice to myself. Then I can feel safe. Then I can decide that I deserve to exist. But the thing is that there was always something more that needed to be done. And because I usually didn't feel intrinsically motivated to do it, I was continuously forcing myself onto that nightmare merry-go-round of anxiety, anger, and shame. 
By the time I was in my mid-30s, my physical and mental health were in such a desperate state that I was forced to find another way. I was forced to find an alternative fuel source for motivation. And honestly, thank God, because I have never felt more motivated, more focused, and more joyful than I do now. And that's what I want to share with you today. In this episode, we'll take a deep dive into the toxic fuel you're using, often unconsciously, and its detrimental impact on your long-term motivation. And then I'll show you how to cultivate motivation in a way that's cleaner, kinder, and works specifically for the ADHD brain. First, let's look at the three emotions we're likely to use to motivate ourselves to take action. First up, we have anxiety. (laughs) Who's familiar with this one? This is waiting until the 11th hour to get something done, waiting for the anxiety to boil over and for the adrenaline to kick in so that we can do the thing. When we motivate ourselves with anxious self-talk, it can sound something like, don't you know that bad things could happen? Don't you know what's at risk here? And when we use anxiety to motivate ourselves, it can sound like, bad things will happen if you don't get this done. Then we have anger. Being mad at ourselves, hating on ourselves, threatening, berating, and beating ourselves up. We create a storm of angry, negative emotions until it motivates us to do the thing. When we motivate ourselves with angry self-talk, it can sound like, God, can't stand you. Just freaking do it. (laughs) Or else. When we use anger to motivate ourselves, it can sound like, I'm going to blow my freaking fuse, and then bad things will happen. You think this is bad? You have not seen the extent of my fury. And then, and then we have the ever-popular shame and (laughs) self-loathing. This is a feeling like our lack of action makes us a bad person. We are fundamentally bad. We shame ourselves until we can't take it anymore, and the only way out of the shame spiral is to take the action. Hopefully that will redeem us. When we motivate ourselves with shame and self-loathing in our self-talk, it can sound something like, what's wrong with you? Why are you like this? Why can't you just get it together? Hmm. When we use shame and self-loathing to motivate ourselves, it can sound like, you will never reach your full potential and you will live your life as someone unworthy of good things. This is the toxic way we fuel our productivity. It's not just toxic for our mental and physical health, it's actually straight up bad strategy. Let me explain why. Let's say you have a donkey that you need to take to market. I know, I know, it's crazy because it's 2023. (laughs) But I mean, your car is broken down and there's no Uber. So the donkey, your donkey, is your best option. But the problem is that that donkey doesn't feel like going to the market. And you really need to get there or else your family is going to go hungry tonight. So you kick your donkey. You give a good couple smacks to wake it up. And it works. Your donkey starts to lope along towards the market. But of course, it's only doing so because of fear. Fear of being kicked and smacked again. By the time you get home, your donkey is exhausted. And it wonders how it got so cursed as to live a life as your donkey. The crazy thing is that your donkey actually likes to walk to market. But the next time you saddle up your donkey, it has even more trepidation about getting started. Your donkey remembers what it had to go through last time and so it freezes. This time in order to get your donkey moving, you need to use a paddle and really whack it to let it know 
you mean business. You and I, we are the donkey. We are smacking and sometimes straight up pummeling ourselves with negative emotions like shame, anger, and anxiety in order to get ourselves moving. But the thing is, it's not sustainable. Of course, we remember the pain of what we had to do to ourselves last time to get moving, and we shrink from having to go through that pain again. That makes sense. So it takes more time. This time, we've got to bring out our paddle and really whack ourselves with thoughts like, I'm never going to get it together. I am such a loser. What's wrong with me? Why am I like this? I'm never going to live up to my potential. Those people who called me dumb, lazy, disorganized, they were right about me. Yeah, those thoughts get us to market, for sure. But at the end of the day, it's a bad strategy. Not just because it leaves us beat up and exhausted, but because it makes us even more resistant to walking to the market the next time. We remember the trauma, both emotional and physical, and that part of us that remembers and has the instinct for self-preservation does not want to go through that again. There's a wise part within us that knows that we can only withstand so much abuse. And to make matters worse, because we're beaten, battered, and freaking exhausted, we're likely to forget that sometimes when we create the right conditions and don't pummel ourselves with negative self-talk, we actually love walking to the market. Of course we do. We have unique brains full of interests, energy, and curiosity, and we love to use our brains. Just not for any old thing and not always on command. Want to know an awesome ADHD hack? Become a follower of the show and new episodes will be served to you automatically when they become available. No need to remember to have to go looking for new episodes. Fresh survival strategies will be delivered straight to the homepage of your favorite player. On Spotify, click on the name of the show and click follow under the picture of me. And on Apple Podcasts, click on the name of the show, click on the three dots on the right-hand side and select follow. I can't wait for you to join the SOS squad. So I'm about to share a solution with you to stop this mad cycle. But before I do, I want to take a moment here and see if I can read your mind. Right now you're saying, yeah, 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 yeah. I know I'm not very nice to myself and I know that it makes it harder to take action. But what the frick else am I supposed to do? This is the only way that works. It's the only way I ever get anything done. Today, I want to kindly and respectfully call BS on that thought. You are in the habit of using what in psychology is called a push desire. With a push desire, you are motivating your donkey with a stick. He only continues to walk for fear of the consequences. And then you end up with a donkey who is burnt out and confused about what he even ever liked about life as your donkey. This is the toxic way we fuel our productivity. Let me repeat this again. This is a habit, most likely one that we learn from others and at a very young age. As adults now responsible for controlling and disciplining ourselves, we adopt that critical voice of others, often completely subconsciously, and use it against ourselves now in an attempt to get ourselves to quote-unquote stay in line and quote-unquote be on task. 
But there's a better alternative, one that we quite often forget. It's the carrot. We often forget about those juicy, juicy carrots. Our donkeys love carrots. Our donkeys will walk to the market all day in exchange for carrots. In psychology, the carrot is called the pull desire. Pull desires pull you towards them. You want to do them either because the activity itself is intrinsically enjoyable or because you're motivated by what you can get. Not only do you not have to smack yourself in the face to get yourself moving, but you want to move. Not only do you want to move and as a result get to avoid the trauma of battering yourself, but you get to move with much less willpower involved. This is obviously the better way to fuel our productivity. We're all familiar with the instinct to reach for the dopamine, social media, video games, snacks, etc. These are all pull desires. There's zero willpower required. There's no work required in acting on these desires. In fact, the work is in resisting them. But we can actually turn our mundane obligations into pull desires. In a moment here, I'll actually show you how to turn your taxes into a pull desire. But first, I want to talk about what makes this an ADHD thing. Why do we ADHDers have so much trouble with motivation in the first place? The definition of motivation is the desire or willingness of someone to do something. Neurotypical brains can tap into motivation from a steady supply of internal dopamine. That steady supply of dopamine makes activities, even the ones that are boring or tedious, inherently rewarding, at least to some degree. They may still not be thrilled to be doing that activity, but they can engage with it and feel focused on it. For example, imagine a neurotypical brain and an ADHD brain both sit down to fill out their taxes. The neurotypical brain may face some internal resistance to doing this administrative task that they don't feel like doing, but their internal dopamine supply smooths over that resistance to a large extent. On the other hand, the ADHD brain will likely be up against a brick wall of resistance without the dopamine that we need to get us over the hurdle. With much less dopamine available, ADHD brains will struggle to focus on the activity and forcing ourselves can feel physically and emotionally painful. The thing with dopamine is that it doesn't just make us feel good. It's what allows our brains to come into focus and stick with hard problems. Trying to focus your brain without enough dopamine is like trying to focus your eyes when you have a vision impairment. No amount of willpower on your part is going to make it happen. Because of this, we need to create our own pool of dopamine by cultivating desire. Cultivating desire is all about creating carrots for our donkey selves. So let's look at how to cultivate desire around something I'm sure none of us have the inherent desire to do, which is our taxes. We must intentionally cultivate our desire and willingness to fill out our tax paperwork or replace taxes with any mundane or uninteresting task you currently ought to be doing right now. We must know the reasons why we want to do our taxes and keep those reasons top of mind when we go to do them. As soon as we go to do the taxes or do the hard thing, our brains will put up that brick wall. We will start immediately scanning for any way to delay, avoid, and procrastinate. Guaranteed. Our desire and willingness is the counter-argument. We know we're going to be overwhelmed with resistance to doing those taxes, so why should we? 
Knowing our reasons ahead of time gives us a much better shot at being the victor when it comes to that head-to-head combat with the brutish and strong-willed resistance monster. In other words, our brains need really good reasons why we ought to do the work that is otherwise tedious and uninteresting to us. Those reasons are our carrots. Knowing what they are helps us create dopamine while we engage in the activity, which helps us stay focused and motivated. Here are some reasons why doing taxes might be what we actually want to be doing in this moment. These are some pull desires we might have for doing our taxes. And of course, these are just examples. You will for sure need reasons that feel true to you. But let's say you like the idea of living in a democracy and contributing to a peaceful and civil society. Maybe you're going to get a tax refund. That's exciting. And maybe you'll get the final numbers on how much you can contribute to your retirement account, which is motivating. By intentionally holding these thoughts in our mind when starting the hard thing, we create motivation. When we bring to mind these thoughts or whatever thoughts are personally motivating to you, we create the dopamine we need to take the action of completing our taxes. Our push desires, the things that push us to do it out of fear, anxiety, or shame are, I don't want to go to jail for not doing them. I don't want to pay the fines for doing them late. But this is the stick again. These are the negative consequences. And since we're working on developing a better relationship with our donkey, we can choose not to lean into anxiety, anger, and shame. We can choose not to motivate ourselves with negative consequences because those aren't sustainable year after year. Because you know what happens next year, right? Yeah, (laughs) more taxes, more freaking taxes. And now it's time for the rescue recap. When it's sink or swim, remember these key takeaways. All right, SOS squad, for the love of dopamine, let's end this crazy toxic cycle we have. We ADHDers are prone to use anxiety, anger, and shame to get ourselves to take action and compensate for a lack of inherent motivation. This does work in the short term, but it comes with heavy physical and mental consequences in the long term. If you're relying on the fear and shame of negative consequences, you are the one with the stick and the donkey. Inevitably, you'll end up feeling overstressed and overwhelmed and wondering why you live this existence as a poor, battered donkey. You'll stop creating any positive associations with whatever your goal is or possibly even with doing hard work in general. You'll feel exhausted by life and forget that the world is actually full of carrots and other deliciousness that you want. It makes sense that we do this because we have a dopamine dysfunction that makes motivation really freaking hard to come by. But, but, there's a better way. I propose that we lay down the stick and start harvesting as many carrots as possible. Those carrots are pull desires. Desires which pull us to take action because they're fun or meaningful. Pull desires create the dopamine we need to stay motivated and focused. The stick is a push desire. We're pushed to take action for the fear of the consequences. 
The most direct shortcut to turning a push desire into a pull desire is to take a moment to think about why doing this thing matters to you. Why do we want to be doing it at all? Even if it's something being required of you, even if there are serious consequences for not doing it, we can almost always think of reasons why we want to be doing that thing. And knowing and feeling our why makes all the difference. Knowing our why helps us remember why we're walking to the market in the first place. And knowing our why just might help us remember that we actually love walking, especially when we're not up against the threat of negative consequences and our own negative self-talk. So here's the question I want to leave you with for this week. Think of something that you need to do in the next few days that feels challenging or that you're not looking forward to. Maybe it's something that you've been putting off. Now think of three carrots, three pull desires, three reasons why you actually want to be doing this thing. How will you benefit from doing this thing? How will doing this thing support your values? How will you feel when you're finished? The juiciest carrots are the ones that are really personal to you. So I encourage you to take a moment and really dig in and think about this. I am rooting for you and I love you. SOS Squad, over and out. Do you have a question about ADHD or an issue with productivity that you'd like to hear discussed on the show? I would love to throw you a lifeline. Send your SOS message to ADHDSOSpodcast at gmail.com. That's ADHDSOSpodcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear from you. 